And is it like real? You know, that's what most people say. Is it real? And the way I, the way I get them to understand is I ask them a simple question. Tell me what you love to do. And this particular guy, most of them actually are cyclists. I love cycling. And they're cool. And then I'll say, how would you feel if tomorrow you woke up and the universe and the world just said, you can't ride anymore. In fact, you're sick now and you can't go to work. Are you going to be in lots of pain? You're going to have muscle aches and pains all over your body. You're going to have blue-like symptoms. You're going to feel like you've just been on a 20-hour flight with no sleep. Plus you drank 20 cans of alcohol and you've got this terrible hangover and you can't have your wine with your wife and you're basically in bed all day and you feel like crap. How would that be for you? And, and he would he would say, oh, terrible, be horrible. I said, well, that's what someone with chronic fatigue syndrome is experiencing and they haven't even done any of that. And their, their whole body language just changed. They're like, wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CFS Health Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast to answer all your recovery questions for suffering things like chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, long COVID, post-viral fatigue, POTS, and other associated illnesses. So this one's going to be a really good one. Now, we're with General Manager of CFS Health, Ash Ward. She's here today to ask me the question of what the viewers want to know. So, Ash, Welcome. And two, hi. hi, what's, this is a big question today. It's a loaded question and I'm actually really mm. excited to get into this one because it's one that needs to be spoken about that often isn't spoken about in the medical field. So yeah, if you can ask me the question. All right. TV, TV reality show or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so this not only is a question that we get asked in our, you know, public forums, in our free Facebook group. But also we have members joining throughout their journey with us. And it is, like you said, a really big question. Mm. And so what we're going to cover, and the question is, I'm really struggling. How do I get my old life back? And as we know, like I see all of the applications that come through to the program. We know that people who are in our area aren't lazy people, they're go, go, go people. They have full lives, often living very full and exciting lives. People will often say, I really loved my life. And how do I, how do I get that back? I feel like I've lost it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. It's a good, it's a good question. And yes, and you're right. That is a common statement. I, I loved my life. I want it back. There's almost like a desperation there as well. Just like I need it back. You know, this is a great question. And I actually just did a recent interview podcast with Craig Harper. So you guys might want to cross over to his podcast called The You Project. I actually touched on this quite deeply with Craig for the period of time we spoke about chronic fatigue syndrome. And, you know, he said to me, you know, what, what, what do people think about chronic fatigue syndrome? You know, first of all, from, from the society standpoint, and he said, you know, what's it like? Because, you know, sometimes I think people don't really understand the real true nature of chronic fatigue syndrome and what it really does. Because the general society literally say, but isn't that just tiredness? Well, I'm tired. So it mustn't be that bad. You know, like everyone gets tired. That's kind of like what the general society who aren't suffering say. They might even say things like, well, isn't it just like depression? You know, isn't it just all in their mind? Isn't it yuppie flu? Which is what it was termed termed as in like 1979. It was called yuppie flu. It was, it was initiated as the hypochondriac disease. Isn't that crazy? And so, you know, this, I get this question every single day, basically. I like to eat, eat out at breakfast time. I like to go to a specific cafe 
anywhere I live. And so I meet new people every day. And so literally last week I met this guy who was a cyclist and we got talking and I said, what are you doing? And he told me, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I help people with chronic fatigue syndrome and associated illnesses get healthy and start living again. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. He goes, well, you know, what's, what is it? You know, he said, what is it? And is it like real? Is it real? You know, that's what most people say. Is it real? And the way I ask, the way I get them to understand is I ask them a simple question. I say, hey, all right. So imagine that, so first of all, I say, well, tell me what you love to do. And this particular guy, most of them actually are cyclists. I love cycling. Okay, cool. Tell me about your day. What do you do in a day? Well, I go cycling for an hour and a half at 4 a.m. in the morning. Then I get dressed. I come for brekkie. I go to work for eight hours. Then I come home with my wife. We'll have a couple of drinks of wine. I'll talk to my friends. I'll stay up till 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and then I'll go to bed, and I'll do the same thing almost every day. And then, cool. And then I'll say, what would, how would you feel if tomorrow you woke up and the universe and the world just said, you can't write anymore. In fact, you're sick now and you can't go to work. You can't even come to this cafe. Are you going to be in lots of pain? You're going to have muscle aches and pains all over your body. You're going to have flu-like symptoms. You're going to feel like you've just been on a 20-hour flight with no sleep. Plus, you drank 20, 20 cans of alcohol and you've got this terrible hangover and you can't have your wine with your wife and you're basically in bed all day and you feel like crap. How would that be for you? And, and he would he would say, oh, terrible, be horrible. I said, well, that's what someone with chronic fatigue syndrome is experiencing and they haven't even done any of that. And their their whole body language just changed. They're like, wow. And so, and the, and the reply is that that would be horrible, you know? Like, I don't know how I'd cope is often... The saying. And when it comes to the individual suffering, if you're at home and you're listening to this and you're that person who can't do what you were once able to do, there is a process of an identity crisis. Who am I? I was the cyclist. You might be that cyclist. You might be that person who was the cyclist. Now I can't ride anymore. Everyone knows me as the fastest bike rider around town. And now I can't even sit on the freaking bike anymore. Horrible identity crisis. You know, it might be that you're a pr prolific worker or an amazing mother or, you know, someone who just does everything for everybody and now you can't be that person. There's an immense amount of pressure that comes with identity and the build-up of a specific identity, you know, whether that's with our work, our jobs, the title we give ourselves. And the identity crisis is, well, I'm not that person anymore, but who am I now? And you're literally stuck in the middle because on one hand, you want to go back and get the old, old person. Right? You're like, on one hand, you just want to run back and grab that person, be that person again, fast. Like yesterday fast, like not, not tomorrow. Like I want to get there yesterday. I want to get back on the bike yesterday. And it's crazy the amount of energy and suffering that comes with this identity crisis that's taken up from this identity crisis. It can, it can last for years, Ash, you know, this identity crisis of like, it's, it's almost coming to grips with the fact that, you know, the old self is no longer there. And some people... Unless they've given the right tools and frameworks, they can't let go of it. They're still holding on to their old identity. And it's such an amazing thing. Like We're so lucky and privileged to watch people go through this whole transformation of recovery. But what happens is they people don't... I always tell people when they're going through recovery, I say, you're not going back to your old life. You're building a better one. And some people, when they hear that, it just doesn't make sense initially. It's like, what are you talking about? All I want to do is get back to my old life. 
But when they finally stop the fight of chasing the old identity and they start building a new one and they start building a whole new life, their life gets fundamentally better because it's not just focusing on one thing. It's more multifaceted, it's more holistic, it's more of them as a human being rather than a human doing. But it is freaking hard, you know, like to let go of that old self is so scary because it's like the unknown. You're literally like, if you if you let go of that and go, you know what, I'm not going to chase that anymore. I'm I'm done with that. Like there is a, you're like in a chasm of darkness of like you literally don't know what who you are anymore. And that can feel scary. But what can comfort you really fast is not realizing that your identity isn't attached to just one thing. You can actually be really free. <laughs> but you have to get to that point. Like you literally just have to get to that point of like, oh, wow, okay. I don't have to be the people pleaser that everyone uh, knows me as. I don't have to be the fastest person in my town to know my self-worth. You know, and a lot of this is attached to self-worth. You know, whether it's like a banking job or, you know, high up corporate or, you know, maybe just like you put yourself on this pedal stool and, you know, you're no longer on it. And that's like, it's an ego thing. You know, your your ego hates that. Who am I without this badge of honor? But what is powerful when you when the pendulum swings and you let go of chasing the old you and the pendulum swings back to you just being you and then living a great life, which is what happens as you get healthy and start living again, there's the new you is like a 2.0 version. And you, you spoke to this before we went on air about, you know, this is what we teach people is like becoming a different version of themselves, a 2.0 version, a better version of themselves. One of the reasons why that is, and it naturally happens, is because as you stop attaching yourself to a specific identity, you actually have nothing to prove. Yeah, I've been through this personally many times in different areas of life. And it's so cool. To, and I remember years ago, I got to this place of like, who, who would I be if I didn't have to prove anything anymore? Like, isn't that a pretty cool place to live from and be from? And you know, we, we place all these weird expectations on ourselves. Sometimes we don't even know we're doing that. <laughs> you know, it could be years of just placing the expectation of yourself that you have to be an amazing freaking superhuman mum, right? Dad, athlete, whatever, insert whatever you are right now. And you got to ask yourself, well, where did that even come from? You know, like, was that yours? Did you imprint that or did that come from somebody else? And then, you know, just being more proactive and practical, the question is, well, who would I be if I didn't have to prove anymore? Like there's this exhaustion when you're trying to prove to yourself or to others that you're a certain way, it can be so damn exhausting. And when you finally let that go, guess what happens? There's energy. Energy starts to come back because it's not getting used up trying to prove yourself all the time. And same thing with this identity, chasing the old identity, like you're basically sprinting into a brick wall that literally you, it's not, you're not letting, it's not letting you go through. And so every time you holding on to the identity and you know what I'm talking about when you're at home listening to this, if you're doing it right now, it's freaking exhausting. Trying to pretend that you're all good with your friends, pretending everything's all rosy all the time. Like you're lying to yourself and out of good will, you know, like it's well intended, it's lying. But it's not being, it's not helpful. And so the first step, and it's funny, the card on top of my deck today is be honest with yourself. You know, that's where it all starts here. It's like, be honest with yourself. And it is scary at the start when you're letting go of this, of, of chasing the old. But like I said, 
all that energy is just energy wasted and it could be so much better spent on just focusing on where you're at right now and then moving to where you want to be closer to where you want to be each and every day each and every week each and every month and we just had our we just had our in-house set yourself up for success in 2024 all of our members where we basically take them through this process to to get rid of anything that's not serving them but also to embed a philosophy or a, a theme and a framework to then enable them to go and achieve what they want to achieve without any weird pressure or you know fake proof proving to themselves or to other people and it was great like you were on the call you saw it like everyone was there's hundreds of people just going oh my god i feel so much freer and oh i feel like less pressure and now it all makes sense and and one thing that really stood out for me and i, I don't know if you saw that was one particular member said oh my god like the idea of letting go was always a scary thought to me and she said but now it, ma it makes so much sense and i feel so much more freer letting go and it was because the way we spoke about it was letting go is letting go of something that's not serving you to help you get something that is going to serve you whereas you know you hear it online like you just need to let go to be free and it's like it's so esoteric and it's not practical but you know, one thing that I that I'm writing in my book, I'm writing a second book at the moment, and in the book, it's obviously re revolved around recovering and getting healthy and starting to live again in regards to chronic fatigue syndrome. Chronic fatigue syndrome is a spiritual crisis; doesn't get talked enough. Like, I don't think anyone's ever said that out loud on the internet, you know. But it's a spiritual crisis, and you know, whether you want to call it identity crisis or spiritual crisis, it's the same thing, basically. But it's my belief that chronic fatigue syndrome is helping you become more true to yourself. And at, at, at the start, it feels shit and it feels messy and you want to chase the old of, of what's what's familiar. And it also feels so yeah. far away from yourself. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. like that's what it feels like. In, in it, feeling so far away from yourself. But I 100% agree with you, Toby, in that it is helping you find yourself, your true self. But in those moments, you feel so far away from who you thought you, you were. were, your life was. Yeah, yeah, who people assumed you are. Um, yeah, who you've been for who you've 20, been. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah, exactly. But what's so freeing and cool, and just to give some hope, I want to leave with some practical tips as well. So I want to talk, remind me to talk about the four levels of, um, of four zone recovery readiness to finish off with, just so the guys have something to... to have in their heads and in their minds to think about moving forwards. Um, but to give you some hope, like we've seen people who have suffered for 10 years, 20 years, six months, some people as, as young as eight years old, all the way through, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s. Shout out to Janet Krabby, if you're listening, in Hawaii. And what's so cool is we have seen these people transform. We have seen these people literally get their new life back not their old life their new life and you know what's crazy is like every single person like i just messaged a, a past member the other day to check in to see how she's doing she's just fallen pregnant didn't think that was possible you know when she was at her worst she's about to go on a you love this she's going on a snowboarding trip to japan skiing trip to japan with her husband and life's really good and you know I, i'm sure at one point on her journey she said screw this i want my old life back she got to the point of pain where it was like, no, that's too painful. I need a different route. I need a different way of doing life. And it's always so much more enriching. And 
you know, I've worked with thousands of people for over a decade and a half now. And like, I still know people from 14 years ago who, who did the program and are just living completely rich lives in different areas of life that they probably were never going to have or be if they didn't go through this crappy experience, you know, but it can feel so hard in the moment. Like you said, it can feel so far away. So my two practical tips, one, what can you do today to just help you move forwards to where you want to go forwards with? Stop chasing past, like stop trying to chase the old you. Stop trying to, you know, there's a saying, if you, you, it's very hard to drive forwards if you're constantly looking in the rear view mirror, right? You're trying to drive, but you keep checking back and you're not looking forwards. And so, of course, you're not going to get to the destination you want to get to. So what can you do now and in the next week, month, two months, three months, six months? What can you do? Start writing now to move you forwards to where you want to be. And truly, what would that look like? Like, let's be honest, like get honest with yourself. Like I said before, what what would it actually look like? Be truly honest with yourself. And maybe there are some parts that you do want to have in your life that were in your life previously. That's fine. But don't chase the old, build the new. The second thing is the, the four zones of recovery readiness. And so there's basically four key zones that every single person I've ever met with chronic fatigue syndrome or associated illnesses has to go through to get to the level of being ready to get better. And I'll run through them real fast. The red zone, right down the bottom, imagine a triangle, right down the bottom bottom is the giving up stage. And this is where you literally just want to give up. You're just like, when is this going to end? You know, you might be here right now. By the way, whatever zone you're in right now, this is a judgment-free space. So this isn't to beat yourself up or go, oh, I'm doing it wrong. You have to go through these zones in order to yeah. get to the top. You have to. It's, it's not... I've never seen one person skip a zone, basically. And you know these zones as well, Ash. Like, it's, you see this with our members, and it's so cool. When, when members start to get better, we see them go through the zones, and then they start talking about it, and they're like... You see the difference, and I'll, I'll share with you in a second. So in the, in the giving up, zone you believe that it's not possible for you literally the quote that you say to yourself is it's not possible for me it's just not possible and that's what you believe and you know there's three key key kind of outcomes in the in the red zone that's where you you believe that there's no options if you listen to this podcast you're probably not in the giving up stage completely because you wouldn't be probably listening to this podcast let's face it but i'm sure you've had moments here you feel like quitting and you complain a lot. You complain and blame. This is unfair. Why me? I know I went through this and so that's why I can talk about it. If we move up to the amber zone, one level up on the triangle, it's it's the hoping stage. And this is where you like just pray and wish that life will just get better. And I remember back then I wasn't religious and I was so desperate at that time when I was suffering. I remember sitting on my bed one night and it was so weird for me to like pray because like I just never did that. And I was just like, I literally was like, please, God, like, please, 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 can you please just make this go away? I remember just like eyes closed, just like fully praying and just like just hoping for tomorrow just to wake up and to not be suffering and in pain anymore. And I remember waking up, I was in the hoping zone and I woke up and nothing had changed. I woke up with pain and terrible headache and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And... I was so, it made me even more depressed being in the hoping stage, you know, because it was like false hope. And and I don't really, I don't love hope that much. I think hope's important initially. We all need a bit of hope, but we don't want to rely on hope. 
that's when we can get really, really stuck. And so in the hoping stage, there's three things that happen. You feel lost, you're constantly guessing, and you're self-sabotaging. You're just going around in circles and circles and circles. You know, here, you do believe it's possible to get better. You just don't know how. You're like, how? Like, there has to be some special power in the universe that's just going to fix all my problems. When we move above that from the Amazon into the light green zone, we go into the seeking zone. And this is where we most commonly see a lot of people before they enroll and get help with us inside the mentorship. And in the seeking zone, you know that it's possible to get better, but you believe that you need someone or something to make this all go away. Again, you have to go through this stage and zone in order to get to the next level. This is where you're probably taking a million different supplements. You have spent thousands of dollars on different gurus who told you that they can fix you, doing all these weird, wacky treatments, and basically none of it's getting you good results. Now, there's nothing wrong with supplements and medication and things of that nature, but we, but to rely that that is the answer to all your problems is not a good way to go about your recovery. And so, not knocking supplements or medication or anything like that. If it helps you, that's fantastic. But I've never met one person out of thousands of people who said to me, oh my God, it was just this one thing that got me better. Here, Dr. Google is your friend right now. You're, you're abusing Dr. Google. You're constantly Googling, is this, what is pro- this problem? And how do I cure this? And, you know, probably 4 a.m. in the morning, you're having a sleepless night and Dr. Google is something that you're heavily reliant on right now and it's exhausting. And here you're coping, you're consuming, you're feeling really consumed here on the internet. It's overwhelming sometimes when you start Google, Dr. Googling stuff. And here, really, you're feeling fed up and tested, where you're just like, you know what, screw this, like, I've just had enough. And so, if we zoom out, and you see, like, the three, three first levels, a lot of it's basically not taking charge of your health, right, without you even knowing it, because this, thing, this is the thing. The system has let you down. The system told you when you get sick, Come to the doctors, get the pill, you'll get better. That's what we were told when we were young. Got a cold and flu, go to the doctor, take the tablet, you'll get better. It doesn't work like that with chronic illness. And, you know, it's slowly getting better now in terms of practical information. But the reason, whole, whole reason why CFSL started is because this is exactly what I needed when I was going through this thing. You know, it was so freaking isolating and hard with no practical help. Beyond that, we move into the final zone and this is where recovery really starts to happen and take shape. And we call this the owning zone. And this is the dark green zone where three things happen. You have inner certainty, you're self-led and exactly what Ash was saying before, you're true to yourself. And so we call this the true you. Some people get confused when they, when they read that. They're like, true you, what does that mean? Well, what it really means is you're just being true to yourself, right? You're not pretending anymore. You're not lying. You're not not being honest with yourself. You're just who you are and and that's that. And and there's this inner confidence that comes with that. But when you get to the owning stage, there's one truth that you realize. And the truth is the body heals itself if you do the right things at the right time. And in the owning stage, it's really all about body wisdom and you owning that and knowing what that is for you in each moment. And it's crazy because like if we zoom out and Ash, you see this every single week inside the mentorship. One specifically is Charlie. Sh- shout out to Charlie Benyon. She's done a success story. It's on YouTube. If you if you search Charlie Benyon recovery, it'll pop up. Charlie went through, I saw Charlie go through every single stage of recovery, the four zones. When, f- when she first enrolled in the program and she'll even admit it herself, she's like, you know, I just wanted to give up and like blaming, complaining, 
why me? This is so unfair. There was so much frustration and anger, rightly so. And then the hoping stage, I just hope things get better. Just I've enrolled in this mentorship thing. Like hopefully it just works for me, you know, still lack of empowerment, not really fully responsible for health. Seeking stage, still one foot in, one foot out. I'll put one foot in here and work with Toby and his team, but then I'm going to see if I can find something else that might be the answer that I'm missing still not owning and then finally I think it was like that maybe 12 months into the, working with us it was like Charlie was a different person and I'll I'll never forget I'm getting emotional thinking about it but she's so amazing now like if you watch her interview you know what I'm talking about but she literally the way she spoke the way she sat the way she used her hands and her body language the empowerment coming through from her voice it was like I was seeing a different person. And it was the same person, it's just that she evolved into the owning stage. And Charlie went from fearful, isolated and scared to confident, self-led and true to herself. And you can hear it in her voice. And we see this every single week inside our mentorship. You know, we have an up-level program called the lifestyle integration program and these are people who are recovering they're doing really really well they're integrating back into life what do you typically see with someone who's integrating back into life they're more confident they're more self-led they're owning where they're at they're taking full responsibility these are empowered people everyone has to go through these four zones you can't jump or skip a level you have to go through all four all three to get to the fourth level and it's so amazing when you do get there and you will get there if you're listening to this, if you keep showing up and keep applying this work, you will get there and people around you will notice it. Wow, we often hear it. Like we often hear, she said, she's like, her husband said, it's like I've got a different wife. You know, like I'm not used to this woman. <laughs> and, and it's like a whole change in dynamic. But it makes sense, right? Because like the more you own where you're at and you start to really take charge of that, you're building whatever you want to build. And I think that's where the freedom comes. And I think it's like a coming home to you, really. Mm. You know, it's a 2.0 version, but it, it's a coming home that people experience. That's And that's we, we see this so often. It's not even just us telling that this is the journey. Like we see it every mm. week of people... You know, the fight at the start to be like, no, but I really love my life though. But like, I love my life. Like I, I still want that life back because yeah. no, but I actually love my life. You know, the fight in it, the wanting yeah. to really hold to it. Well, it's even, uh, it's even sometimes worse than that. It's like, I needed to get it back. You know, there's this yeah. grasping of like, no, I need it. No, no. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But then on the other side, but like, what if it could be better? And that's what we see gradually through those four stages it is gradually and it's muddy like i just want to paint that picture it's not you know like charlie it was a it was a it was a slow evolution and it was just eventually it was day and night when it when it when it finally all clicked for her and there was just like a different person ready to make changes and yeah she you know she's fully recovered and she's got her life back now did it happen overnight no absolutely not was it easy absolutely not it was hard but it was worth it and then now she's living. And for her, yeah. And she says in her interview, you know, I don't have chronic fatigue anymore. I don't associate as being somebody with chronic fatigue. So it's, you know, for her story, it's not just creating a new version, but, you know, she's a 2.0 up-level version of herself that is more aligned with herself. Yeah. It is more in tune with herself that she no longer associates 
being unwell. And it makes sense, right? Because there's energy in the body because it's not fully distributed in ways that would leak energy and ex- exhaust her energy levels. And there's more to it. You know, it's a holistic approach. It's not just this. Obviously, yeah. she had to do go and do the physical stuff to get better too. Rebuild her and recondition her body. You know, nutrition was huge for her. You know, we did yeah. so many different things. But at the top of it, to filter all that stuff down, it was her owning her. That's what enabled her to change her behaviors, which then changed her actions, which then changed her results in her life. And uh, yeah, she got some pretty good ones. So, and you know, we've got a documentary coming out later this year and it's literally just going to, like, it's going to blow your mind the difference. You know, we're taught, it's this stuff in visceral real life, you know, we're showing you real stories. And I'm just getting chills down my spine right now thinking about it because you're going to, you know, go, wow, holy shit. Like, it's, it was possible for her. It was possible for him. Like, like, how? It almost seems like a miracle. And it is a miracle, but it's not by chance. It's just by, like I said, doing the right things at the right time to get the right results. And when you finally realize that and you keep moving forwards, you're, you, you know, you're going to benefit from it. So anyway, I hope that was a helpful episode. Super, stupid deep. I don't know how long we went for, but hey, if you found this help, if you found this video and or podcast helpful, let us know in the comments or leave a review somewhere. Hit the like button. We always appreciate your feedback and want to know, you know, is this resonating with you? You know, maybe there needs to be a book called The Spiritual Crisis. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> good, yeah. good one. And I think we'll link Charlie's recovery yeah. story in the comments as well. I'll pop, I'll pop it there. Yeah. You can head over and watch it. It's really good. good. Thank you. Thanks, Ash. Appreciate you. And we'll speak to you soon.